everybody, and welcome back to episode 10 of Exploring Astrophysics. I enjoyed speaking with Dr. Pablo Lemos today as he described his work involving dark matter and energy, as well as how he became an astrophysicist. How did you get into astrophysics? Right. Um, so, I mean, for me, it might be a bit different from, um, from someone, because I, I am Spanish, so I obviously did it through the Spanish um, higher education system. Um, so, so when I did it, um, I, I finished high school and I really liked both uh, maths and physics. Um, and I kind of had to decide between one and the other. Um, and I decided to go for physics because mm -hmm. at least in Spain, there's no, no, well, in the university I did it, at least there was no such thing as a, an astrophysics, um, undergraduate degree. Um, and then once there, I was, I was just, um, of all the kind of branches, like you could do like yeah, quantum physics or I don't know, material science, things like that. I, I was very interested in. In Astro, so I, I kind of went for that. Um, I know that some universities now in in the UK have directly astrophysics programs, but I feel like um, it's not necessarily a choice that you have to make straight out of high school. Like if you, if you, if you, if you like physics and you're not sure if, if if it's astrophysics or other types of physics, or even if you like mathematics, I, I know people who have done like an undergraduate in mathematics and then have switched to astrophysics. So I think I think as long as you're kind of interested in science and, and learn the fundamentals of science, you, you can always kind of transfer that, that knowledge from one, from one field to another. Mm -hmm. So what do you think it was about astrophysics that stood out to you? Um, well, so I always really liked the, um, the quite like theoretical side of physics, like the, trying to understand like the fundamentals of, of how things work, right? So like, like, for example, when Einstein is trying to understand like, not just how gravity works, but actually like what it is like fundamentally if it's if it's a force or some kind of like space-time manifold kind of thing um so i really like that and that's why actually i also considered like a high energy physics so this kind of particle accelerators that collide and stuff um but i thought astrophysics and cosmology which is the branch of astrophysics which i focus on which is kind of the study of the universe as a whole like um, the history of the universe and so on i thought it was it, it felt like something very exciting because there's so much that we don't know for example like yeah we have um, dark energy which is the the most um, prominent component of the universe and we don't know what it is um, and we have like dark matter in, in galaxies and we also don't know what that is um, and we don't really understand how the universe begins and so on so it felt like there were a lot of very interesting questions to try and, and answer um, and it it is like that there's a lot a lot of interesting stuff to do and and a lot of very smart people working on it so it's, it's a really nice field to be in what is what exactly are the kinds of work that you do as a cosmologist right um so i mainly work um as part of um of of some large collaborations so for example a lot of my work was with a collaboration called dark energy survey um, and what we do there is it's a very large telescope in Chile that takes images of, of millions and millions of galaxies, right? Um, and then you have loads of teams. You have the team that build the telescope and the team that, that actually takes the images and the team that kind of cleans the images a little bit from, from contaminants and so on. Um, and then what we try to do at the end is to try and, and use the information, not of each galaxy, but of, of the kind of whole combination of all of them to try and learn things about the universe as a whole, for example, imagine um, how, how fast it is expanding. So, you know, the universe is expanding. So we try to like look at all the galaxies and try to, to, to figure that out. Um, or yeah, how much dark matter that is. So we have tricks to, to figure out um, 
if there is dark matter between galaxies and so on. Um, so I'm part of kind of the last the last part of that analysis where I take the the already cleaned images and so on and try to to say so imagine that I try to answer the question if the universe looked like this in theory um, does that match the image that we're seeing or not so imagine if we had lots of dark matter um, does the prediction that that universe would give me match the image that we observed or not and then I try to see from the image we observed um, what is the, the reality or what can we learn of the universe from that so when you say like images of dark matter isn't so what exactly do you mean right yeah it's not it's not quite like that so dark matter obviously by definition you cannot see right so that's why we call it dark matter because it's invisible um, but we have particularly one trick to not directly see it but indirectly see it so that would be um when you look at a galaxy if there is dark matter between us and the galaxy it kind of like changes the shape of the galaxy it kind of like acts as a lens so we call it lensing in fact because it's as if you were looking at it through a pair of glasses and um, so it might look more elongated for example um, and this effect is very small so when you look at a single galaxy um, the the effect of lensing by dark matter is very very small you cannot see it but if you find many galaxies that are that all look kind of pointed in the same way then it, it, you kind of infer that there might be dark matter that is just elongating them all in that direction. Um, and, and by doing that, we've managed to, through this collaboration, Dark Energy Survey, we've managed to, to build a map of what, how much dark energy there is at, at different points. So we don't see it directly, we, we managed to see it indirectly. So what kind of tools do you use to um, determine whether the observed amounts of dark matter match up with the theoretical amounts? It's it's a lot of um, a lot of statistics um, and a lot of uh, coding as well, right? Um, so so you you basically yeah you like I said you try to do um, what we call theoretical models. So we say um, yeah if 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 the truth was that there's this much dark matter, um, what would we see? Um, and then we have um, like I said a combination of statistics and and kind of fairly um, advanced. Um, computation computational tools and programs to try and, and 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 start trying many many models like okay here's a model does it match no here's a model does it match a bit better and so on until we find one that um, that we think matches so it, it, in the end you do a lot even though we do statistics astrophysics um, you'd end up doing a lot of a lot of statistics a lot of programming i think most most branches of physics and even of science now nowadays have a lot of programming to them as well mm -hmm. uh so when you um, think of this dark matter, is it like in this project, has there any been any like surprising breakthroughs or is it just a matter of tuning your original models to see whether they... Right, that's a very good question. Um, I mean, there were breakthroughs a, a while ago, basically when we, when we discovered that there is such thing as dark matter, right? Because obviously that was never a given. Um, and that was found through both the fact that there seems to be kind of matter that we don't see around galaxies, um, and also in, in what we call clusters of galaxies as well. Um, ever since then, we've managed to get more and more accurate um, constraints on, on how much there is, right? So we try to measure the percentage um, of matter in the universe that is dark matter. Um, and, and, and we've done very good constraints on that, but we haven't, I think the next step would be, the breakthrough really would be to say, what, what actually is it, um, right? So it could be, it could be some kind of form of matter that exists on earth it could be also something that it doesn't exist on earth but even then we should we have from from kind of the theoretical physics part of side 
of, of things. We have, um, we have a model of, of what are the different particles that exist in the universe. Um, and obviously that model is based on what we see on Earth, so we could be missing something. Um, but ideally the breakthrough would be to connect this, this confusing dark matter to that model of particles that exist in the universe. That would be the breakthrough, which unfortunately has not happened yet. Mm-hmm. Would you say that this project is what you put most of your time into? Or are there, are there many other projects that you also There's have? other projects. Um, I, I also try and I think when, you, when you're st- at the stage of your research career that I am in, which is kind of after you finish uh, your PhD, but before you've kind of become a professor or, or something um, more, more stable, you, you, you try and combine these bigger projects with some kind of smaller projects where you, where you have more um, ability to decide the direction of the project maybe or, or to do what you want um so i'm doing quite a lot of projects on uh, for example on applying um, artificial intelligence to to astrophysics um which a lot of people are doing because it's it's a really promising branch but i'm, I'm trying to find um with the original ways of, of doing that for example so um, so there's a, some interesting stuff uh, going on there as well i can tell you more about it if, if you want to yeah sure i'd love to hear so we have a particularly a project that we presented in a conference recently so so i can talk about it um which is that um basically the the idea of, the, of this project was that we normally use artificial intelligence for tasks like imagine like let's let's see let's classify what this bright spot in the sky is or something like that but i kind of we kind of wanted to take it a bit further and say what what we do as physicists or scientists is like we take a bunch of data and we try to say what is the the kind of physical the nature physical law the law of nature that that predicts this behavior right um, and what and then what we try to train an artificial intelligence agent to do that so we we basically um, took all the data from the last 30 years of the solar system um of so like the, the sun and the planets and the satellites moving around um and we tr- we gave that to a to an artificial intelligence agent um, and and trained it and eventually it it managed to to learn um, Newton's law of like force law of gravity um, on its own without us telling it anything about it um, and also the masses of the planet so it basically kind of um, in a way repeated what Newton did um, in in back back many centuries ago um, so it's kind of Obviously, what we what we learned, we already knew, but it's kind of a first step towards trying to um, have artificial intelligence help us learn physical laws or, or nature laws from data directly. Um, so it's, I think that's that's kind of a very cool um, way of going forward. But there's still a lot to do in in the next few years. But we're very excited about it. Yeah, that's really cool. So when you met, you said data of the solar system. What kind of data were you giving it? It's just where the planets and the sun and the satellites are like the positions of, of everything um, at every point right so we, we obviously have that recorded for, for many years so um, just going back to your like main project i suppose the dark matter dark, mm-hmm. do you find parts of your work more challenging than others yeah definitely yeah um i think it depends on the person um i actually quite like the the statistics and the coding side of things it's kind of like i find it a bit like like a puzzle or sometimes like a game, like you're trying to, to get your computer to do, to calculate this thing or to solve this problem. And I can get really absorbed into it and really enjoy it. Um, but for example, the part of it that is writing the papers, for example, 
um, I find <laughs> I find really difficult. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, there, there's always bits that I actually quite enjoy the teaching side, which obviously we also have um, for for undergraduate students and so on. I, I actually really enjoy that. Um, but yeah, there's always parts of of the work. There's part of some admin sides to it that obviously I don't like. I don't think anyone likes those. Um, I'm sure that I've met people who are the opposite who love the writing. So I think different people are different, but I, I've never met anyone who likes every aspect of it. But I think from, from what I know of, of friends and family, I think that's true of every job. So so just going back a bit, what what kind of work did you do in your PhD? Right. So um, yeah, I did my PhD in, in Cambridge and um, it was also a big collaboration, but it was a different one. It was called the Plan Collaboration. Um, and Planck is instead of looking at Im images of galaxies, um, it's a telescope that is in it's orbiting Earth, so it's in space. Um, and what we try to do with that one is so basically after the Big Bang, the universe is really hot, um, and because it's expanding, it's getting colder and colder. Um, and at some point, um, the universe gets diluted enough that it starts to it emits this kind of flash of light um, that has been traveling through the universe ever since. Um, so, so it's basically like the leftover light from the Big Bang. Um, and Planck is, it's not the first telescope to measure this, but it's the telescope that has measured this more accurately. Um, so it, it got a very, very accurate picture of, of basically this after, this light after the Big Bang, right? Um, and what I did was kind of similar to what I'm doing for this other collaboration from the Dark Energy Survey. Um, the idea was to, um, to try and do theoretical models of, okay, if the universe started this way, what would this afterglow of the Big Bang look like and try to compare it with what we see. Um, and Planck has done, has done amazing in that it, it, it has helped us learn a lot about, about the, the, the beginning of the universe and, and the content of the universe and so on. Um, so it was, it was really, really useful and I learned a lot of, about, about cosmology and astrophysics, but yeah, also about kind of practical things like how to do this modeling and the coding and the statistics and so on, which I did not know before, mm -hmm. before my PhD. So you uh, mentioned that there's like a flash of light emitted, right? Why would that happen? Right. Yeah, that's a very good question. So basically, um, when the universe, like right after the Big Bang, before the flash is emitted, the universe is very hot and very dense, right? Because everything's very packed together. Mm -hmm. um, so basically, the light and the part and the matter, they're all in, in like a very dense kind of like soup. So the light is trying to, to, to fly around, but everything's so packed together that it keeps colliding with other things, right? Um, so imagine, yeah, like if it was like in a very tight box and it's trying to escape, but it just keeps colliding, like bouncing around other things, like in a pinball machine. Um, and but uh, this box is kind of getting bigger and bigger. So things are getting a bit more diluted. Um, and at some point it gets diluted enough that the light manages to escape. Um, and since then the universe has been expanding more and more. So things have been getting more and more diluted. Um, so maybe some of the light happens to collide with something, but most of it manages to just ever since then fly freely. Um, and that's the light that we can see that we can see with Planck. Um, I don't know if, that, if, that, if that's a, a very short explanation for a very complex thing, but <laughs> I hope it makes sense. Yeah, that's very interesting. So for my last question, what do you think your future plans are going to be like? Are you going to perhaps go more into teaching or? Right. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I really like research, so I definitely don't want to give that up. Um, I mean, the, the reality of, um, of, of the field of astrophysics or physics, or generally like academic research, I guess, is, is very difficult to predict what's going to happen because it's, it's very competitive. There's a lot of very amazing people um, kind of fighting for, 
the same the same every time there's a job opening is yeah like the same people fighting for it and the people you often collaborate with are competing against you um so it's really hard to predict but i would like to continue doing research because i really enjoy it and i would also like to have like some some sort of teaching so probably uh, some combination of the two uh, would be ideal for me but um, like i said it's, it's really really hard to predict well are you are you like most intrigued by this topic of dark matter and dark energy or are there other like fields subfields of astrophysics that you're i'm very interested by that um and like i said the combination that i'm very interested in the potential of artificial intelligence to help us understand those questions because we've been kind of um trying and trying with the same tools for over 30 years now to understand them and, and we haven't really managed we've done like progress but we haven't really had that breakthrough that we were talking about earlier um, so i think artificial intelligence gives you like a new a new angle or a new way of of looking at these problems that maybe will be what leads to the breakthrough um, so I'm, I'm kind of very i'm very interested in the in the potential of those tools to to solve those questions yeah thank you yeah that's really interesting so thank you very much for speaking with me thanks to you to... For, for having me it's, yeah it's very really nice. insightful a lot of the stuff you said and i wish you best luck on your research in the next <laughs> thank you thank you <laughs>